Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, The Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is May 31st, 2021. I recently read a book entitled The Codebreaker by Walter Isaacson about a revolution in gene editing prompted by the discovery of something named CRISPR in bacterial DNA. I won't delve into the details except to say that the book is a great read and made me appreciate, once again, the relative simplicity of the economic systems I spend most of my life pondering compared to the extraordinary structure and machinery within a single human cell. It also reminded me that the economy can best be understood as a living organism, not just one that expands and contracts, but one that is in constant state of evolution, usually growing but also being distorted by and adapting to a variety of shocks and changes in policy. This is a particularly important reality to grasp today. At a superficial level, the economy is simply in the midst of a powerful recovery from a deep recession. However, a closer look at the data show many sectors that remain far from full recovery, as well as many that have positively thrived, in the pandemic environment. Moreover, both the economy itself and government policy will be forever changed by the pandemic. While a full recovery remains likely, the full employment economy of 2022 will be very different from the full employment economy of 2019, and the difference should have important implications for investors. The broad story in the US economy remains one of very strong recovery. Last week's revised real GDP numbers for the first quarter showed the same 6.4% annualized growth as previously estimated, However, April data for consumer spending, inventories and durable goods orders reinforced our view that second quarter growth will be close to 10%. Even with the moderation of the growth rate in the second half of the year, real output by the fourth quarter of this year could be up by more than 7% year over year and by 5% relative to the fourth quarter of 2019, essentially marking a full recovery from the pandemic recession, even accounting for normal trend-like GDP growth. The labour market may tell a similar story in this Friday's May jobs report. We estimate that the economy produced a net gain of 840,000 jobs in May, with the unemployment rate falling from 6.1% to 5.8%. While this would be a marked improvement from April's disappointing report, it still understates the potential for major job gains in the months ahead. Survey data confirmed that many businesses are hungry to hire workers and that workers recognise the strength of labour demand. However, employment growth continues to be restrained, by lingering pandemic worries and generous federal unemployment benefits. Thankfully, as more Americans have gotten vaccinated, the pandemic has receded and should be a much less significant drag on the labour market in the months ahead. In addition, 24 states, accounting for over 40% of US workers, are ending supplemental unemployment benefits by early July, while those benefits will expire for everyone else by September 6th. In combination, these trends should eliminate most of the current distortions in the labour market, potentially allowing the unemployment rate to fall to close to 4% by the fourth quarter of this year. However, while a super-fast economic recovery remains on track, a detailed look at April consumer spending reveals the distortions wrought by the pandemic and massive fiscal aid. Some areas clearly remain depressed. Compared to April 2019, real consumer spending in April 2021 was down 16% for dental services, 17% for flights, 30% for taxis, 38% for hotels, 46% for hairdressers, 65% for spectator sports, and 89% for movie theatres. Presumably most of this spending will fully recover by the end of the summer, as pandemic restrictions fade. 
Other areas have thrived through the pandemic. Again, compared to April 2019, real consumer spending in April 2021 was up 9% for food consumed at home, 18% for lottery tickets, 19% for alcohol consumed at home, 28% for jewelry, 36% for televisions, 53% for games and toys, 58% for computer equipment, and 66% for new light trucks. Some of this will likely fade in the months ahead as consumers devote more of their money to services and return to their physical workplaces in greater numbers. However, some of it reflects a surge in household wealth from a booming stock market and a surge in income from generous federal aid, and these areas should continue to drive consumer spending even as the pandemic winds down. More importantly, both the pandemic and massive fiscal stimulus have changed the economic landscape. How and where we work will likely be permanently altered. Multiple recent surveys have shown that most employees who were forced to switch to remote work by the pandemic feel the change has largely been productive and would prefer a remote or hybrid model going forward. While maintaining motivation in a corporate culture requires some in-person interaction, particularly for younger employees, the forced adoption of work-from-home technology will likely permanently reduce the demand for office space. This could also alleviate peak-hour traffic congestion and the need for new physical infrastructure. A similar argument can be made for business travel, which will likely be permanently reduced by the adoption of virtual technology. Cheap labour will become increasingly scarce. While Federal Reserve officials might argue otherwise, there is clear evidence that a tightening US labour market was adding to wage growth prior to the onset of the pandemic. A very quick recovery from the pandemic will mean much less time for labour market slack to erode wage growth, as of course will generous unemployment benefits. In addition, a sharp decline in immigration even before the pandemic is limiting US labour supply, and the highly political nature of the immigration debate suggests that this trend may continue for some time. All of this points to stronger wage growth in the wake of the pandemic. Conversely, very easy monetary policy could continue to fuel investment in labour-saving technology, such as robotics and artificial intelligence. This could herald the arrival of stronger productivity growth across the economy. The risks of higher inflation and interest rates have increased. The failure of monetary stimulus to generate stronger economic growth or higher inflation in the last expansion has resulted in even more dovish Federal Reserve policies. Meanwhile, political populism on both the right and the left has reduced concerns about rising government debt. Both of these trends suggest that debt will increase and monetary policy will remain very easy until inflation is steadily above the Federal Reserve's 2% long-run target for the personal consumption deflator. Indeed, it's worth noting that personal consumption deflator posted a 3.6% year-over-year increase in April. If prices by this measure rise by just two-tenths of a percent per month for the rest of the year, inflation will still be 3.2% year-over-year by the fourth quarter of 2021. There is now a very good chance that real economic growth will be stronger, unemployment will be lower, and inflation will be higher in the fourth quarter of 2021 than current Federal Reserve projections. This could well force the Fed to taper bond purchases in late 2021 or early 2022, and to raise the federal funds rate in late 2022 or early 2023. These moves in turn could push long-term interest rates significantly higher than the current 1.58% yield on 10-year treasuries. The last year and a half will have enduring effects, and the economic and financial landscape that emerges in the wake of the pandemic will be very different for better and for worse from that of the late teens. However, some rules will endure. One of them is that the value of any financial asset must equal the discounted value of the cash flows that that asset can generate. Higher interest rates will increase those discount rates and should put additional stress on those assets whose perceived value depends most on increasingly speculative cash flows stretching far into the future. As investors prepare for a new post-pandemic reality, a focus on valuation will be more important than ever.
Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.